The Pacers had a moment yesterday. They beat the Celtics. They won on national TV. They're ascending in front of our eyes. And Derek Schultz, indie sports media legend on Query and Schultz all the time, is going to talk about the game, the moment for the Pacers right now, Tyrese Halberton's ascent, Vegas, the Bucks tomorrow, all on today's Locked On Pacers podcast. You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, y'all, and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers, as always. My name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and SI, and today we have a lot to get to about the state of the Pacers after one of their most impressive wins in a while, maybe their most memorable game in a, in a year, in over a year, in two years, in three years, wherever long back you want to go. I posed that question in a YouTube comment yesterday and got a lot of good answers from fans. But there's a lot to talk about with this team. The moment they just had and the moments they could have coming thanks to the in-season tournament. They're in Vegas. They landed uh, Tuesday. I will land there later today, hopefully in time for their practice in Vegas. And they've got a big one coming. They officially will be playing the Bucs on Thursday in Vegas. Lots to talk about about the Pacers. The moment they're in right now, Tyrese Halberton's huge night on national television. The state of the team and Derek Schultz, the perfect guy talk Pacers vibes will join us to break it all down on today's Locked On Pacers. Let's do it. A legend of the indie airwaves hosting Query and Schultz every week, filling in all the time on 107.5 The Fan and working at a school that we shall not name in this moment because my hat is fighting him very much. It's Derek Schultz here to talk about the Pacers moment that is right now, which is pretty interesting to say. And I already alluded to this to you off air, Derek, but it's pretty wild that I feel like right now, and I know the in-season tournament's part of this, and I know the Pacers being this young, ascending team is part of this, and Halliburton being so exciting is part of this, but there's like a, a Dece- it's December 4th when they played this game, and they beat the Celtics. Like They've had good wins all season, but there's like a moment to capture here with this team where they did something on a big stage, they did it against a great team, they did it in a game with heightened stakes, the crowd was going nuts, and it's fascinating that the Pacers... And that the NBA has set up a scenario where this is a big deal. And the Pacers clearly did something and rose to an occasion that has people feeling really good about the direction they're headed on a Monday in December. It's wild. Yeah. I try, Tony, I I really try not to be too in the moment. I I think a lot of times we grossly overrate things because we just kind of fall way too in the moment. I really don't think that and and I I predicate that and, and I'm going to say something like crazy here. I, I don't think that you can underrate what last night meant and really what this in season tournament run means for the franchise to be not only relevant and fun here. Tyrese Halliburton today, you know, we're t- we're taping this late Tuesday, right? Was everywhere. I, you know, everybody is talking about it. Um, I'm seeing. People post clips of Shannon Sharp talking about the Indiana Pacers. What? And, you know, say what you want about those <laughs> shows, but this is exposure that the Indiana Pacers never have. They they never get this. Um, and, and not even in a first-round playoff series do they get this. They, they get thrown on NBA TV, and, and they're the forget-about-it series. I remember them playing a series. Even the good teams in 2012, they played the Magic and if you weren't in Indiana or Orlando, you had no idea that that series existed, <laughs> that, that, that that was even played because right. it wasn't talked about. So it's it's special. It's um, what's crazy about it is that 
I think even if you were, and I'm not sure, and maybe we'll talk about this, Tony, I'm not sure where you were when this was announced, if, if you were like all the way in or whatever else, like even if you were one of those people that was defending this when this was announced this summer, the in-season tournament and said, hey, I think this is going to be a great thing. I, I think even those people couldn't have possibly imagined the impact that it would have and, and how it would play in markets like Indiana and Sacramento or, or even New Orleans, where they're not quite used to playing meaningful basketball at any time of year. So even though it's meaningful basketball on a Monday night in December, who the hell cares? It's meaningful basketball. And and I think that's what really matters. I, I, I'm not going to speak for everybody in Sacramento and New Orleans, but I think that's certainly what matters to the people here in Indiana. Yeah, it was really interesting. So I was pro in-season tournament, not because of I thought I'd get this kind of buzz. In fact, I didn't. <laughs> I actually thought it would feel gimmicky and inauthentic a little bit this year. But I thought at the bare minimum, it's the same as normal, mm-hmm. right? The regular season games anyway. And there will be Saturday's game is just one extra NBA game where teams are trying. I like the NBA. I'm happy with that outcome, right? Like at, a, at the very smallest possible level. But I didn't expect even the group stage games to be like, oh, <laughs> these dudes are like re- really into this like already. Yeah. And I think it's just because there is like the first game. Maybe this isn't the case. But as soon as the scenario is dangled in front of you as a professional athlete, like, hey, you got to win or you got to win by 12 or you got to not lose by 12, right? Like that is motivating, right? That just is part of who they are. And so that made those games more interesting. And then clearly the winner go home and go to Vegas for three days or five days or whatever aspect was motivating. And I even asked TJ McConnell, I was like, did, like, did you think it'd be gimmicky? And are you surprised that it isn't? He's like, you know, really? I wasn't sure, but. When you walk out there and there's like the court and the towels, like it feels like it really feel felt like a playoff game to these guys. And I believe it when it's coming from Aaron Neesmith, who's played in the finals and Jordan Wara, who's played in the finals. Like yeah. they've been there and now no one said it was a finals game. But like the fact that that they have somehow found a way to match even for one night, like a, that kind of experience is significant. And the fact that the Pacers rose to that occasion and beat the best team in the league with TNT in their building. Like I, I'm old enough to remember, which is funny because I'm young, haha, that they stunk it up on national TV for like four years before this, right? Yeah. It felt like every time. So for them to have that moment, and Tyrese especially, who's been clamoring for you know, that kind of game, it, it was pretty cool. And I think it's fascinating the in-season tournament has become what it is already. I did not ex- I liked it and I didn't I didn't even expect it. Yeah. My default is snark. So when I heard it, I was like, <laughs> eh, okay, you know what I mean? Like that, that's just kind of where I immediately went. But yeah. what, what's cool about it is that it's genuine. And I really don't think it has anything to do with like the financial incentives. Like what does 50 K for winning that game last night do for miles Turner or Tyrese? How, you know what I mean? Like all these guys, Bruce Brown, like, what's, what's 500 K do for those guys? It probably goes to their foundation. Um, you know, honestly, um, it's, it's, you know, what they find in, uh, what I would have found in my ashtray in college. I know these guys don't smoke, but, um, so it, it, it just comes from a competitive place. And, and I think that's really what the NBA detractors and naysayers have always had a problem with. And this shuts them up because, right, they, they say, oh, well, it's it's 82 games and these guys don't care. And, you know, Jordan and Isaiah and those guys were grinding every night and these guys don't care and they're taking nights off. Well, look at it, guys. It's a Monday night in December. And did it look like the Pacers cared? Did it look like the Boston Celtics cared? Hell yeah, it did. That yeah. that Hawks-Pacers game, I know it was a little bit quirky because it was, you know, 162, 150, whatever it was. But that was a, a really cool 
atmosphere and those guys were into it and and they were both you know really really grinding and trying to win they were going 110 percent instead of you know yep. the usual probably 80 85 percent in, in a regular season early regular season nba game so wh- whatever they've done here i'll give adam silver credit and and i think how they've marketed it with the courts and you know the paint schemes and all that i know it's very loud and brash and in your face but it, it feels different and it's special and they've just kind of hit every note the right way not my thing. <laughs> it it worked like it had the intended effect. Uh, not my thing. <laughs> it wasn't my thing. I, I love the jerseys. Um, the the yeah, jerseys. The initially, I was like, eh, and then when I saw them in person, I was like, whoa, those are those are pretty sweet. <laughs> um, the court is just my, my eyes. I just I'm 40 now. I just can't do it. You know what I mean? I can't do it. It's the the bright like turquoisey is not for me. Yeah, and even if you say like, oh, is, like you didn't know how serious the team was going to take it or it was just a crowd thing. Like Tyrese Halliburton played 40 minutes. Yeah. Right. Like they were trying to win in a way that was serious with their rotation, like backup point guards barely played. They kept their starters insignificantly. Like Mather was the only bench. Mather and Neesmith, the only bench guys with significant minutes like Boston. Yeah. They were without Porzingis, but they also had a pretty limited bench. Like clearly there was some level of like, here's what we have to do adjustment wise to do this. Like, I think that's all very fascinating and it was really cool. And that is why on December 5th, the 11 and eight, that's not even that great of a record. Pacers are buzzing. Like you said, Shannon Sharp. I saw Stephen A talking about the pace. Like they're everywhere because they had a big win and a marquee moment. They're headed to Vegas. And for Tyrese Halburn, I think this matters a ton because, you know, he had that TNT game circled they had against Boston next January. So to earn another one, he had to be psyched. He was sick. He was going to play. He said that to have the game he had and then to acknowledge after the game, like if we want more of these, we have to win them like he gets it right. And so to get it to step up when you're down, it, it wasn't a flu game. Like I don't know how sick he was, but he said he couldn't breathe very well in the first half to play like that. Like that just matters a lot for a franchise. And I wonder, I wonder, I don't know, but I wonder if we'll look back on that game as a turning point for this young team. We'll see. Hey guys, have to talk to you about our partners at eBay Motors, who have teamed up with Lockdown Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouring the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit your rosters. So let's see who Josh picked out for us this week. eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week. One of them is a pacer, Obi Toppin, shooting. The lights out. Pacers have a nice schedule this week from fantasy perspective. I just wrote about top and shooting. If you want to get more behind the scenes on how he's shooting so well and what he's worked on there. Plus some other central division guys, Killian Hayes with the Pistons who's starting Patrick Williams with the Bulls. He's back starting as well as Kelly Uber and Derek Lively. Those are the ones from Josh Lloyd in the fantasy realm this week. And Josh is going to help you win your fantasy championship. While eBay motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. What's your dream ride? Think about what it was or a memory of a car you loved. I'll never forget my first car, a Sebring. I absolutely loved it. And I had to replace the trunk one time, went to a scrapyard. You've got to get the right parts for your vehicle. Over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly on eBay Motors, brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at those prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply.
Yeah, it, it's great that you said that because I, I was thinking about that too, where to, to kind of connect it to the Pacers. I remember in twenty the end of the 2011 season, um, the Pacers were the eighth seed in the East and they, they played a first round series against Chicago. And this would have been like the Noah Rose, you know, like those Chicago teams. Um, and, and they were good. Um, and they were really competitive outside of the elimination. I think the elimination game got away from them, if I remember right. But I, I want to say it was a it was like a four one series, but like every game was single digits. And it, it just felt like like that was kind of the the origin story, if you will. I wouldn't say launching pad necessarily, but for for what they did in 12 and 13, like you have to set the foundation somewhere. You know, it's like the people that are like, well, I, I want the Pacers or and we even do this with the Colts in this town. I want them to just tank for draft position if they're just going to go out in the first round. I, I think at some point you have to build something. And and Agreed. I think that Halliburton and and Rick Carlisle and I, I don't know this I don't know the conversations that go on in the locker room I don't know where their heads at mentally, but just looking from where it's from I, I do think that this was just a, a big opportunity that the Pacers seized here because they said hey look we know we're uh, we're early but we're a little bit ahead of schedule this is something that we can kind of take and really lean into it and build upon it and. Um, you wonder not only as a team, if like, let's say in Vegas, they win two more games here and and they, I don't know about the parade and canceling Marion County schools, like I suggested <laughs> on Twitter X, but <laughs> like, let's go for it. Like, let, let's lean all the way in. And, and maybe that's the starting point for uh, a special run. I, I think Halliburton is, is already there. Um, you know, we've kind of really, uh, and I, I, I was on Alex's show as well um, a couple of weeks ago. And I, I feel like we've kind of really sort of run out of, things to say about um yeah you know and, and all of and everybody that's involved with covering the Pacers um have have run out of things to say about Halliburton um what's neat about it is that and I know Paul George got here eventually but P Paul George never even really quite got to like all NBA first team maybe dark horse MVP level I mean if he was on in the, on that conversation he was on the very very fringe of it um, it really wasn't until that that season in Oklahoma City where he was like literally one of the three or four best players in the NBA that year. Um, so th this is rarefied error. I mean, you know, J.O. in 04, I, I guess, uh, got near there. I think he was maybe third in the MVP voting, if I remember right. But I mean, we're talking about 20 years ago. And then whatever momentum was generated right. from that season was immediately snuffed out in November because of what happened at the Palace. And, and you know, I'm not going to rehash all of that, of course. Um, so, like, that's what I think is so special about Halliburton here is that he's kind of starting to realize um, what his apex could be. But I, I think what makes it so exciting is that I, I still don't know what his ceiling is. You know, like when, when Victor Oladipo had his all NBA season in 17, 18, I was like, okay, this is this is peak Oladipo. This is as good as it's going to get. Um, with Halliburton, I think we're still kind of realizing what his peak could be. Like, could he be one of the four or five best players in the NBA? Could he be an MVP? Like, I'm not shut off to that idea. And, and that's crazy to think about for an Indiana Pacer. Yeah, I, I've like I know we're running out of superlatives, Derek, and here's why. Because my least favorite sportsism is everywhere right now. Thanks, Kevin Garnett, for getting this out there. Should Tyrese Halbert be in the MVP conversation? Okay, <laughs> no, no, he shouldn't be. And that's not an insult at all. Nikola Jokic is unbelievable. That's fine to not be as good as Jokic. Like, but we're out of superlatives. So we're just like, let's default to this. <laughs> let's default to this phrase because we don't know what, what else to say. But he, like, what I keep saying is, 
yeah, he's he's certainly in that like maybe tier two player, like eight to thirteen range in the league. Like you could argue mm-hmm. higher than that, having games like this and to have the the thing that I keep having to think about, and I think the Pacers have to keep thinking about. And I, this is almost like a wet blanket thing to say, even though I don't intend for it to be. Like they have him under contract for six years. Like that's unheard of in the NBA. And so to be having these kind of moments and this kind of ascent now is extremely significant for what they can be and what they can do. And, you know, they, they got Paul on a rookie extension, right? At kind of a similar time that you just alluded to, right? Like this stuff matters in team building and building a culture and a good, fun, interesting product. And he's tired of losing. He wants to win. Well, prove it. Okay. He did right. Biggest game uh, of his tenure with the team. First triple double erases a stinky half with the beautiful game signature shot, like, everything you could want like that's significant all of this stuff is just like it's so weird that i keep doing this because it's a monday regular season game in december and we're a week removed of tyrese halbert going to stand and being like man it's so frustrating we keep losing these crummy teams that we shouldn't lose to and then they win two games one without him and it's like the air is breathed back in but that's what the in-season tournament does and that's what a night like that can do for a franchise yeah and and the other thing i think you had so many fans and and especially casual fans seeing him for the first time, maybe, maybe ever, maybe, maybe, you know, I'm serious, you know, maybe maybe they have never watched a game with Tyrese Halliburton in it outside of maybe the NBA all-star game. So uh, yeah, again, you can't kind of underrate um, what that could potentially mean, but you know, to go back to what you said there, tier two sounds like a knock, but the pace of their success (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's that's not a knock. I mean, Reggie right. Miller, no offense, Reggie Miller at his peak was a tier two player. And that was, yeah, there were probably only <laughs> three or four seasons where Reggie Miller was even one of the top 15 players in the NBA. I mean, the postseason right. heroics, we all know about that and all of that. But and and this guy's a legend um, here in this town. And, you know, Jermaine O'Neal was at his peak, a tier two player. Um, Paul George was certainly there and maybe had a little bit of a longer period there than, than some other Pacers, albeit he didn't, that wasn't on teams that gave him much of a chance uh, once he kind of ascended that level. But um, it's special to be on tier two and be thinking about, Hey, what, what could he be in 20, you know, forget 26, 27. What can he be in, you know, the, the, this spring, what could he be in, <laughs> Next spring, 25. Um, right. It's exciting. The possibilities just seem seem to be kind of endless for him. It is. And, it, you know, it, it'll be interesting. Like, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'm a prisoner of the moment like everybody else after a game like last night. Like, uh, I think it was Kravitz who said it. Like, that was it, being in the arena the loudest I've heard Gamebridge since the Bojan Bogdanovich game against the Cavs in 2018, that game three where he was like, what is happening? How is he the guy doing all this? And the curtains were open and they were up to one with a home game coming up against LeBron. And that was the depot awesome season that, that, yeah. you know, locked in a fan base, but that was the loudest. I think I've heard Gamebridge since then. And it was a regular season game on a Monday and Hal Burns a big part of that. And so again, to be, to be two in the moment, I know I'm being two in the moment like this, this could look, they could get stomped on Thursday and this will look done by the end of the week. But like, sure. If this team become this era of the team becomes really good. I think the turning point to look at is obviously the trade itself that gets them Halberton, Wally Zerbiak's TV comments, and then maybe this game is like the like yeah. point by point growth of this team from here's here's day one of the build, here's where Halberton became like an FU I'm good guy, here's where the team became like an ascending group. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but that that kind of game is one that like if you're the Pacers, you can go, you know what? 
if we can win that game, like we can beat anybody. And maybe they can't because their defense stinks, but their offense is unbelievable. And they won last night. Yeah, and, and Tony, the Pacers need to win, but they also need vibes. <laughs> yes, you know, like the, the yes, Knicks do. don't need vibes. The, the Knicks, people are going to go see the Knicks. People are going to go see the Lakers. Like, <laughs> you know, some of those big markets, big mega markets, they don't need vibes. Like this is a town that you need to have good vibes or else people people don't care. Um, even when you're winning, they they don't necessarily care if the vibes aren't good. Like I, I think about, you know, some of those kind of the, the post-17-18 teams, w- which were good seasons, like 18-19 was good and they had some fun moments. 19-20 was weird because of the bubble and COVID. Like that, that's maybe a little bit of a different sort of situation there. But um, people, I, I just don't know, were like super geeked like they are right now um, about the Pacers. I, I think – this town has a very complicated relationship with this franchise. And I think it kind of, for some people, it goes all the way back to the brawl, which is crazy to think that people still haven't gotten over that. But um, I think they need the vibes just, just like everything else. Yes. Of course the wins are the most important thing. I'm not disputing that. It's not just, it's not just about vibes, but uh, I do think vibes are more important here in this town than maybe in some other NBA markets. One more break here, guys. Got to talk to you about the lovely people over at Game Time. The best way to buy tickets out there. You shouldn't have to worry about buying tickets for your next big event. Game Time, the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, and comedy and theater near you. How do I know it's so great? I used it. They've got killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, which is why when I was in New York City this summer, I wanted tickets to a Liberty game. I hopped on Game Time. I could see what I was going to see right on the app. I picked the seats based on that. Great prices, and I knew they were going to be the best because not only can you see it, not only do you know everything you're going to get from a pricing perspective right away, but they have the game time guarantee, which means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. How about that? Confidence, the views, everything you could want. No guesswork when buying tickets on game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, but again, create an account. Redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I agree. And it's interesting this year that the vibes are what they are to me because mm-hmm. last year they went 35. That's a good good season given where they were, but they smashed expectations. And those seasons are always yeah. fun, right? It's like, yay, we're better than we thought. This is exciting. And I thought this year would be interesting when you're combating expectations. And they're they they're over five hundred, but not like by a lot. But the they're I keep using this term, the NCAA term, their win profile or their resume. Like they they have five quad one wins. I hate that phrase, so I'll use it here. But like beating Philly, beating Boston, beating Miami without Tyrese, you know, beating Milwaukee like their kryptonite as a franchise. Like that matters a lot for vibes, even when you have all these games where you just go, how did you lose to? The, the Blazers or whoever, you know, that helps a lot for those vibe things. So they, they people think of them higher than their record, even though they truly are 11 and eight. And that's going to be really interesting to see is can they flush those bad ones before they stop winning the big ones? And they play Milwaukee and this, again. And this yeah. is an interesting stretch because they've basically been at home all season. Yeah. You know, pretty much. Um, they, they haven't had a road trip. <laughs> they had a back-to-back in Philly. Um, outside of that, have they, have they had consecutive road games? Miami? I was going to say they just did, but it doesn't really count. Does it? Okay. Yeah. So (laughs) yeah. Like I, I, I'm really interested to see what this stretch is and you, you kind of take like, okay, like let's move on from Vegas and then you go, what is it? Is it Detroit? Um, that, that kind of kicks this off. 
and and this stretch here where it's you know you're going through the eastern teams and then you, you go out to california and all of that um i'm really interested or, or are the Clippers part of that? I, sorry, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I know they've got like a I do. okay five game swing or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I, I'll be interested to see what happens here because um, yeah, the, the home performances. I mean, I, I took my son to the Orlando game because I was like, yeah, let's oh. let's go. I'm excited about this. And you. That, was, that was a thirty point game from the get go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like oh, that wow. was that that was the the most egregious of nba blowouts in in a league where teams rally from 15 points in 90 seconds it feels like pacers yeah. never had a pulse in that game so um there are real serious issues that need to be fixed with this team and i, I don't want to be shut off to that and i know that you aren't and you, you talk about it every day here on this show all the things that they have to clean up but it is fun to have this as just kind of a component of the season that we can kind of lean into and focus in on and, and sort of just enjoy it's It's almost like this, like in the middle of the season, summer vacation for the Pacers <laughs> where you're just kind of enjoying everything and you're clocked out and you're, you're, you're loving it. Um, but you know that, you know, you got to get back to work here pretty soon. Agreed. It's funny that it, they get a little mini vacation to Vegas as a part of all that. Um, so to answer your uh, two consecutive road game questions. You got one of them in Miami and in Miami. Do you remember the other one? The back-to-backs? Uh, they, their other consecutive road games was... Yeah, Philly, it, was, like, it was Philly, right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, they've never, yeah. They've never flown to a city, played a team, and then flown to another non-indie city and played a team yet this season. Wow. Which <laughs> they have to be the only team in the league. That's that's the case, right? <laughs> Maybe so, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I can't imagine somebody else has done that. Yeah, um, and it's, it's funny how different certainly the Philly game was yeah. um, the, those two um, back to back there. And, um, you know, we're, we're still kind of feeling out and, and learning what all this is going to look like. And, um, you know, I, I, I still don't even really feel strongly about defined roles yet. I mean, certainly for some players, like, you know, it goes without saying with Halliburton and people like that, but um, like McConnell and, and how they're using him and Nemhard And, and, you know, there, there are some, there are some other things that I still think that, they can ferret out here and and fine tune and and get moving, but it's it's exciting to think that this is already what they've done so far this year. And I know eleven and eight doesn't sound like much, but just on vibes alone, um, this season feels like it's it's been a successful first six weeks. It, I don't know why, but to me, also like twelve and seven sounds so much better than eleven and eight. Like if they just won one of those stinkers at home, yeah, they'd be, they'd be sitting a lot better. That's just my I don't know why my brain is like that, but. Um, they do have, we know it now, Milwaukee Thursday. I kind of like, like, okay, I think I probably could have spun this either way, right? Hicks versus Knicks would have been sweet in Vegas. And part of me kind of wanted to see a Celtics-Lakers finals in the first ever in-season tournament. Like, there's a lot of fun stuff that could happen from this. But for the Pacers to get their, I, they beat them already this year, so maybe this is unfair, but their kryptonite of a player and opponent in their chance to get to the finals, I think is pretty cool, right? The team the, they they beat Giannis once since 2018, and it was last month, right? Like it's not something they do. They just they struggle with the Bucks, they struggle with him, and when they beat them, they didn't have Dame. It's just a hard matchup for them. And yes, they beat them, and they deserve to, and they played good in that game. But to have another chance at it on ESPN is pretty cool. Do you think they can win it? And I will answer my own question first and say. I think the Pacers can win any game because they have the best offense in the league, but I'll be curious to see if they can hold up. 
in Vegas with this lights as big as or as bright as they're about to be. Yeah, um, it's it's a tough draw. Um, and then after that, you have what the Lakers Lakers Suns winner against the Pelicans, right? Yep. So you know potentially Lakers or Suns, but I, I just think having already beaten what I think is the best team in the NBA and in, in Boston and um, kind of getting revenge on that, you know, no show that you had earlier in the season there. Um, I think that alone probably gives you the confidence and just riding the wave of, I mean, these guys see it, you know, Miles Turner is chronically online, you know, those, <laughs> those guys, they, they see all this stuff. They, they know what's being talked about. I'm sure Halliburton does too. Um, I think just kind of riding that wave um, gives them a little bit of, uh, of a leg up here. Um, I, I still think even if, even if the bucks blow them out and win it by 22 or something like that, um, just getting to Vegas, I think is significant. And I, I think it's, I think it's memorable um, what the Pacers have done here. Um, there are, there are a couple of games here that have been, you know, the Philly game was memorable. The Atlanta game was memorable that we mentioned last night's game was memorable. Last night's game will be memorable for a long time. I think, uh, I okay. think we'll still be referencing that game a couple of years from now. So um, it's still, something to use here moving forward. So it's not that this Milwaukee game on Thursday doesn't matter. Of course it matters. Um, it'd be great to win this whole damn thing. Um, but I think in the grand scheme of things, this this almost feels like um, sort of a house money type situation here for the Pacers, where even if they go out meekly, I, I still think that this has been a, a resounding success, this tournament. And, and I, I hope that it's something that they can build on in, in the actual regular season. No doubt. I will be curious, right? Like, we just got this raucous crowd and they were psyched to be playing in that environment. Like what will it be like fully neutral site 2 PM game, right? Like, yeah, how, good how high, you know, can you ride the wave of your good play in that environment, especially against a team that I'm imagining, I don't know this, but I'm imagining the bucks will be the favorites, right? Like the, yeah. via, via the odds makers. Right. Mm -hmm. So like they're going to get up for it. I think, I think every game out there is going to be fascinating from that perspective, but how strong do they look right away? Are they ready for the moment? Like the whole the whole world was watching Monday, sure, but like there was Monday night football, there was another NBA game. Like this that Wednesday or Thursday, excuse me. I guess there's Thursday night football, but like that's a thing all of a sudden. It's in Vegas, it's gonna be marketed like crazy. That former MVP across from them, like it's just more because of how far they are into it now. They're in the final four, right? It's fun to say they're on their George Mason run or their Butler run or whatever you want to say. And they're at that point. So I, I'll be curious what they look like, how they get up for it. I think they'll be ready. But I thought they'd be ready for Charlotte and Portland, too. And they weren't. So I will be fascinated to see how that goes and if they can somehow slow Giannis when it matters, like Matherin did last time once again. Yeah, it's it's almost like they're so frantic. And, and you know, I know the 157-152 game in Atlanta was a, a little bit of an outlier overall, but you wonder if maybe even the Pacers themselves just get exhausted <laughs> with, with all of this because I, I I don't know how to explain. I mean, they they basically have a season's worth already, and it's December 5th, a season's worth of home no-shows. Um, you know, it's 82 games, right, and 41 of them are at home. So you're, you're going to have a handful of those, but I, I would say you probably have three or four per year and they've already had three or four um you know Orlando's good right so I I don't want to put them necessarily in the same category I, I think Orlando's good um but the way that they played in that game was embarrassing they would have lost to anybody with the way that yeah. they played that that night so um it's just one of those things man like you see them 
the closing stretch against Boston last night, like the final 90 seconds, it, it was almost like this, you know, I don't want to curse on here, but it was like, holy bleep. Like they, <laughs> that game was, was competitive until it wasn't like they completely, they, they not only took that game, they like ripped it from Boston's hands yeah. and punched them several times in the head. Like, you know, they were already down and out and tapping out and you see stuff like that and you think about the potential of what they could be, but it's just trying to realize that on a more consistent basis. Like I know that that's like not sustainable over 48 minutes and, and that's peak, peak, peak level basketball. But um, the the fact that they have that in their arsenal, it, it kind of teases you into believing that um, they should be able to do that all the time. And while that's not realistic, it's certainly realistic enough to hope that you're more consistent to, you know, not flop against Charlotte and, Toronto and and um, Chicago and and all of these no shows that they've had yeah. so far this season. Yeah, you nailed it with those games, right? Like that's why I was asking what I was after the Portland game. Like if you had just had Charlotte and Chicago, if you're the Pacers, like you're mad, but you know it's an 82 game season. But to have four of them, like all of a sudden you're like, what are we doing? Right? Mm-hmm. Like you question yourself a lot more at that point. Also, I have a new bit I'm going to do. You've inspired me. The, every time I reference the Hawks game, I'm going to reference the Pacers point total one number higher. Than the last time, <laughs> yeah. When they scored 158 in Atlanta, and I'll just keep ragging it up until yeah. at the end of the season. I'm like, man, did they score like 180 in that game? Yeah, eventually you get to 210 when you're doing your Pacers playoff. <laughs> well, take me that one to get to 200, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're so high in that game. Yeah, it, it. They're a fascinating team, and it's just kind of hard. I, I think to sum it all up, it's just kind of hard to grip the best offense and worst defense together, <laughs> and it, it, it for leads sure. to what they um, the product we've seen. That's for sure. You know, and and it's a uh, something else. I mean, I I know this has been like a this is probably like your most vibes heavy episode that you've ever had, and I'm sorry <laughs> for that. Um, it's a really lovable group, and and I'm not just saying that because they they play fun basketball, but like I don't know, like I I see Obi Top and I'm like that dude's cool. Like I want to throw Obi Top in an alley oop. You know what I mean? Like I, I want to hang with him. Um, Aaron Neesmith is a, is a great story. He's a guy that's really found himself. And he at times is this team's second most important player. Like right. a guy that just was, he was a throw in. Um, th- there are a lot of miles Turner coming full circle when we were talking like it was going to be a fait accompli that his time as a pacer was over. And, and here he is. He was and, talking uh, about it like that. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think he <laughs> thought it too, but still full circle, right? Like to yeah. see his career arc, Come, come to this. Um, this team is unrecognizable from the first Pacers teams that he played on. Yep. Um, it's 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 neat. Um, it's it's a story that's worth rooting for. Um, I get it. It's all about wins. It's all about you know what did you do? Um, did you win something meaningful? I think this in season tournament's going to end up being meaningful, and and so that's still yet to be determined. There's so much that's yet to be determined this season from the Pacers, but um, it's it's just the arrows pointing up. And and people are coming on board and and friends are texting me about the Pacers who haven't texted yes. me about the Pacers in 10 years. Yes. Um, and, and yeah. that's that's exciting and fun and different. And um, I, I hope that the team itself can kind of ride that wave. Here's how I know the Pacers and the in-season tournament are a hit, Derek. I will use my texts to, to end this show. My grandpa, big IU fan, lives near Louisville, not, a, not an NBA town. Text me on November 16th. What is an in-season tournament game? <laughs> Pacers win that night, right? Beat the Sixers. Following day, he texts me, "What do the champions get?" <laughs> then he texts me yesterday morning for you listening today for you, me talking to you, Derek. Do the Pacers go to Vegas now? 
People are in, baby. Yeah. This is the Pacers. The vibe. Yeah, when high. grandpa's in, then they have, they have spread to Southern Indiana. That's so. right. Then you know, and, and that's also, yeah, that's that's usually a region of the country that, you know, usually these things they're, they're not talking about the in-season tournament until 2028. They're usually four or five <laughs> years behind what's being talked about and what's cool and hip. So yeah, this is that's significant it for is. sure. It is. It is. <laughs> the questions I like fielding the best. So yeah, here we go. Derek, this was great. Uh, an all vibes episode is perfect for where the Pacers are right now. That's what they needed and what I would have liked to talk about. Perfect person to do it. Where can people find you and your work? Mostly tweeting, but also covering on Quirin Schultz sports in Indiana. Well, you find the little tweet X, whatever handle there on your screen at Schultz975 if you want to check it out there. Um, Mark Monteith, another Pacers, uh, longtime Pacers uh, media member, and I rotate columns at IBJ and IBJ.com. Um, I'll have this one this Friday. Um, and I just wrote one on Tyrese Halliburton, who else hasn't, you know, everybody's writing about Tyrese Halliburton, right? Um, <laughs> but I wrote one a couple of weeks ago, if you want to check that out. And then Corian Schultz every Tuesday, uh, 7.30 IC Sports Network, and we stream at YouTube, Twitch, um, podcast form as well. That's still our most popular from our old radio days. Some people uh, don't like to see our ugly faces, so you can check that out on, on major podcast platforms as well. But I, I appreciate you having me, Tony. Always fun. And, you know, just like Glenn Robinson and Rick Mount and, you know, we talk about the great Zach E, the great legends of basketball. Um, I appreciate you calling me a legend and inviting me on your show. So thank you. I love calling people legends in the space. Uh, <laughs> it's a joy. It's fairly relevant, my wife says anyway. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. She's she's harsh. Yeah. Wow. We have a very happy marriage, but she she knocks me down a, a several <laughs> pegs often. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I gotta hire with the uh, guest invitations if it's if that's what it's come to, huh? <laughs> I do feel bad on texting you on Tuesdays, being like, "Hey, I know this is the night you do your only sports thing now, but uh, can you do another one with me?" <laughs> no problem. You know, the more the more the merrier. I mean, it's me grasping to my fading relevance. I'm, I'm just happy to still that people still call. So thank you. Yes. Happy to do it. Read Derek on Tyrese Halberton later this week. And of course, next time you see me, Vegas, baby. My flight is in way too soon for this being a nighttime recording. So uh, looking forward to all that, seeing how the Pacers look and do and feel out there and a real NBA game in Vegas. Also, that will be certainly a fun subtext of Vegas is expansion. Looking forward to being a part of all that. Derek, thank you for the time. Everybody back tomorrow talking some Bucks, talking some Vegas storylines, getting you ready for Thursday. Till then, take care. <laughs>